Are you looking for inspiration and words of wisdom so you can go out and launch your own business? This is the Lost and Founded podcast, bringing you raw and relatable stories of successful entrepreneurs, committed startups and personal experiences that are here to inspire, inform and influence. My name is Nicola. And my name is Molly. In this season of the Lost and Founded podcast, we are spotlighting entrepreneurs with a purposeful business, highlighting their personal journey and recognizing the value which they create. In today's episode, we'll be speaking with Lorraine Delmier, founder of Formula Botanica. Lorraine is a biologist and chartered environmentalist on a mission to teach the world to formulate. She was awarded the Digital Achiever of the Year for the cosmetics industry by Google and was voted the most influential person in the natural beauty for 2020. Formula Botanica is an online organic cosmetic formulation and business school, which has trained over 15,000 formulators in 182 countries, including well-known indie brands, Vibe Beauty, Lil Fox, Flower and Spice, and Napalera. Lorraine and Formula Botanica aim to make formulation as common as cookery. Lorraine has completed her undergraduate degree and master's degree at the University of East Anglia doing a BSc in Ecology, Biology and an MSc in Environmental Impact Assessment, Auditing and Management Systems. Welcome Lorraine and thank you for joining us. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Wow, that was a mouthful, wasn't it? (laughs) Thank you so much for a lovely intro. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've just about got my breath back. Can you tell us more about Formula Botanica and what your daily schedule generally looks like? (laughs) Well, that's a question to start with. My daily schedule, no single day at Formula Botanica is the same. Uh, Every single day is different. Now, I will say I have 40 staff at the moment, but I'm still understaffed. So I work far too many hours and I do far too much work running my team at the moment. But we do have new people joining me in the next month who are going to be running the operations side of things, which would be great. But typically, I mean, I can split my day up in internal where I'm doing a lot of internal meetings, talking about projects, talking about, you know, the, the next steps at Formula Botanica, analyzing data, really sort of driving through and forward content. And then there's the external where I'm doing things like this. So just before this meeting, just before I was jumping on this call, I was hosting my own podcast and I was interviewing someone. Um, this evening, I'm doing another one. So yeah, it's, it's a, a balance between the internal and the external, basically. Amazing. And can, for our audience, can you just tell us more about Formula Botanica and what you guys actually do? Absolutely. So we teach people how to formulate skincare, hair care and makeup using organic botanical ingredients. And basically we're on a mission to teach the world to formulate because in my opinion and my team's opinion, absolutely everyone can and should do this. We can grow our own food, we can cook and make our own food and dinner, we can grow, um, make our own clothes and we can also create our own cosmetics. And yet the beauty industry has told us for a very long time that we can't, and they've done this by co-opting science and wearing lots of white lab coats in their adverts and in their beauty counters. But actually formulation as a skill has been around for millennia. And we're basically tapping into that and teaching people that everyone can and should do this. And it's really taking off massively. I mean, you said over 15,000 students at the beginning, we're now over 17,000. Things have really sort of exploded around us in the last few years because everyone wants to learn to formulate and we want to teach them it does sound fun to actually learn it because you make it sound uh simple obviously like you said the beauty industry tried to make it very complex and as soon as you have the white lab coats that's literally how you picture any sort of ad they're like having the little science beakers and everything but it's not really that complex is it 
No, it's not. And you know what? The oldest known formulation uh, that we have in writing is 5,000 years old and was found on an ancient Egyptian scroll. And it's a face cream. And get this, it's titled How to Transform an Old Man into a Youth. Like literally nothing has changed in 5,000 years. We're still obsessed with aging and trying to turn back the sands of time. So I love the fact that it's been around for so long. Or archaeologists found a 2,000-year-old face cream um, from ancient Roman times actually in London, and it was still relatively well preserved. Like, I mean, you obviously wouldn't want to use it, but you could sort of still see the cream. You could even see the fingerprints in the cream. And when they did chemical analysis on it, they found that it wasn't that dissimilar chemically to the ones that we make today. So we've been led to believe that it's this really complex thing. Whereas in fact, we've been formulating for thousands of years and it really isn't that hard. And actually it's a lot of fun as well. So we want everyone to embrace that. Amazing. Thank you. And as we're spotlighting purposeful business this season, how would you define what a purposeful business is to you? Oh, gosh. Okay. So for me, it's all about sustainability. I mean, you heard at the beginning, I did a master's degree in environmental management years ago, um, and I have been a chartered environmentalist since 2009 as well. So I'm, I'm certified by various professional bodies. So for me, purposeful means really driving forward that sustainability message. And I do a lot around that, particularly with the Green Beauty Conversations podcast that I host, but also in the way that we teach people. We're trying to make First of all, the people who study with us understand that longer lasting, multifunctional, multi-purpose formulations can be a fantastic thing to either make for yourself or to sell, but also challenging the way that the industry views sustainability, because the beauty industry is light years behind where it needs to be at the moment, and just sort of pushing our mission out into the world by being... Yeah, by bringing integrity to what we do, I'd say. So that's what a purposeful business means to me. Thank you. You've kind of touched on this. Can you tell us more about what motivated you to start Formula Botanica? And was there a particular issue in the beauty industry that drove you to focus on teaching people how to formulate? Oh, so this is an interesting one because I was actually one of Formula Botanica's first ever students. I started my own business uh, 10 years ago and I was going to launch my own beauty brand. The first thing I did was I actually created an app I was watching the BBC's Apprentice. I'm a big fan, I have to say. I was on the sofa nursing my baby, who's now almost 12. And um, I thought, well, if these people can do it, so can I. So first of all, I created an app on DIY Beauty, which did really well. And it was sort of downloaded worldwide. And, you know, I think we were in about 70 countries at that point. And I thought, okay, next step, I'm going to learn how to make skincare. How do I do that? Now, obviously I have a biology degree, no one taught me cosmetic formulation at university, let me tell you. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll figure out the basics. Um, and I found a small online course with what was at the time the sort of precursor to Formula Botanica. And so I created a skincare brand. I didn't launch it. I was almost ready to go. I had my name, I had my branding, I had my packaging, I had my formulations. And then I had the opportunity to take over the, well, let's call it a school. It wasn't really a school at that time. It was basically a, a small online course. And I thought, actually, I can see so much potential here with how this could change someone, so many people's lives. So when I was on maternity leave the second time, I actually bought Formula Botanica as a one-woman side hustle and went back to my day job. This was going to be something I would run for an hour a day on the side of my day job. I used to be designing um, commercial scale onshore wind farms, very different. And I wanted out of my day job because I just didn't 
want to be away from my kids, but I also wanted far more opportunities. So I threw myself into Formula Botanica and within a year I turned it around completely. I'd started hiring people and, you know, fast forward to today and I now have 40 staff and we sell millions in courses. I don't work an hour a day anymore, sadly, on Formula Botanica. I wish I could say that, but yes, things have changed dramatically. So I was one of its first ever students and I started my business before that and effectively took over the school. That's great. It's nice to hear that, you know, everybody has their own journey and yours is quite different from how you veered up, yep. started one thing, veered off to something else. Yeah. And I know you also do have your own podcast. So can you share some of your experiences in running the podcast alongside your business and what impact has it actually had directly to the business on having this? Oh, yeah. I love podcasting. It's something I really enjoy doing. Um, my podcast is called Green Beauty Conversations. It is the Formula Botanica podcast. And we put out a new episode every week where I'm either interviewing a guest or I'm providing an opinion on something. So we alternate between interviews and opinions, which is quite nice. It's been fantastic, really, because it's just another way of creating content and getting people into the school. And I will say Formula Botanica has predominantly grown through content marketing because we create so much content. And I started with that the moment I took over the school. I started blogging. I'm a prolific blogger. I set up my first blog in 1995 as a geeky teenager, sort of finding my way on the internet, which was very different in those days, let me tell you. And so I decided that we were going to create blog content, video content, podcast content. And we've been running the podcast for four years now. You know, it's had over half a million downloads. We've hit the number one spot in about 50 different countries for the beauty podcast charts. It's been brilliant because it's a really nice way of being able to put my opinions out and really shape the conversation around green and sustainable beauty. Because as I said before, there's a lot of hot air and waffle and greenwashing going on all throughout the beauty industry. And I can cut straight through that noise because I have a platform to do that. So anyone who wants to put their opinions out there into the world, I'd say go get yourself a podcast because it's brilliant. Great. It's great to hear you love doing it so much. We love doing it as well. It's a favorite part of our jobs too. Yes, so much fun. Um, can you tell us um, what the key advantages of formulating your own cosmetics are? And is there any specific advice you give to individuals who'd have sensitive skin? Okay, so the benefits of formulation are really around the fact that you then know exactly what's going into your formulations, which I think is a big thing for a lot of people, particularly when they turn over the packaging and they go, what's that? I have no idea what these ingredients are. And of course, there's a, a lot of mistrust from the big brands. So people love the idea of going to make their own and then potentially turning that into a business because the vast majority of people who study with us want to start an indie beauty brand. And many of them have, as you, as you said in the intro as well. And some of them have seen phenomenal global success. So it's really lovely that you can then figure out exactly what's going into your formulation and also choose the ingredients that mean something to you. If you want to formulate just for yourself, I mean, it is an incredibly rewarding and empowering thing to do. And even uh, last week, I asked our new students, because we've just had a big intake of students, you know, how do you feel when you formulate? And I mean, the answers I had were incredible. I put them in a word cloud, actually. It was like grounded, centered, at peace, focused, fulfilled, purpose, joy, love. You know, all of those words came out of people. And they genuinely mean that because formulation changes lives. It's a bit like when you lose yourself in baking or, or cooking. It's the same sort of principle. In terms of sensitive skin, uh, I would always stick with less is more. So try not to buy products that are packed full of ingredients. You know it when you turn over the bottle and you go, 
how many ingredients are in this? And there are like 40 of them listed and you don't recognize any of the names. Don't go down that route. Try and stick really, really simple and then just test things out bit by bit. And if you find that you react to something and anyone can react to anything, I mean, you can have a reaction to aloe vera or to rose just as you can to any synthetic ingredients. Just try and pair that back to the basics. Um, and I think that's probably the easiest thing that you can do if you have sensitive skin. Wonderful. That does make a lot of sense because sometimes you do just turn them around or there's a brand. Personally, when I see it, I'm just like scrolling around and you just see something and it's like, I don't know what all of this is. It's kind of a bit <laughs> worrying sometimes. Yes. So we mentioned really briefly earlier that you have done your bachelor's and your master's at the University of East Anglia. So how did these experiences and anything you learned actually support you in setting up and running the day to day um, operations of the business? That's a really interesting question that no one has ever asked me before. So thank you for asking me You're that. You're welcome. <laughs> um, I wanted to be a, a geneticist when I went to university. That obviously didn't happen. Uh, I changed my mind dramatically halfway through and threw myself into human evolution instead and spent six months in a cadaver lab chopping up dead humans, which was fascinating. Um, for me, it was always about the environmental aspect, which is why I obviously went to specialize in environmental management. And I worked as an environmental scientist and consultant for, I think, 12 years years before I took on Formula Botanica, where I was working in the international energy industry based all around the world. And also, uh, as I said earlier, designing onshore wind farms, doing all sorts of crazy things, which was a lot of fun. And that really prepared me for where I am today by showing me what I didn't want. Not the, not the degrees themselves, but the work, um, work experience I got afterwards, because I was stuck in this, this corporate world. I don't deal well with the corporate world. I have issues with authority, which is why it's a really good thing for everyone that I'm now my own boss, because the only person who I can complain about now is me. And that's the way it should be. Uh, the degrees themselves were fantastic. You know, the science background really helped me with what I'm doing today. The environmental management uh, background, I mean, not only was I learning about environmental science, but also about how to manage business systems. And that has been phenomenal for what I do now. So all of it combined just led me to this, this path now. But I will say the one thing that I did find is when you come out of university, there's this expectation of there is only one thing you're going to do, and that's the thing you're going to do for the rest of your life. And I have not found that to be the case at all. And I love the fact that every few years you can just reinvent yourself, take the experience you have and go do something completely different. Fantastic. It really sounds like all of those different experiences led you to where you are today, which is fantastic. Um, who, what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned on your entrepreneurial journey? Wow, big question. Okay, <laughs> I think the main one, and it, although it's going to sound like a really simple piece of advice, I just keep watching people who don't do this. The main thing I would recommend everyone does is to just be consistent. So you need to show up every day. And if you find something that works, just keep doing it every day. And yet I watch people fall by the wayside continuously and not turn up and be consistent in what actually works. So to give you an example, when I started online with Formula Botanica, I mean, we're talking eight and a bit years ago now, there were other business owners, online business owners who were doing not, not in a similar um, sector, but just completely different things, but they also had online businesses. I'd say that almost 90% of them have changed at least three times over since then. People are not consistent in what they do and they, they give up too easily. Same with what I was talking about with blogging. 
you know, when I took over Formula Botanica, we were getting about a thousand hits a month on the website. Now we have months when we'll get over 500,000 hits. And that is only because we keep showing up and you're not going to get to 500,000 in a month. But if you look at it in that way and you think a month later, oh, I've written all these blog posts and I'm still not there, you're giving up too easily. So it is all about the consistency and just keep showing up and doing what works every single day. That was really well said, actually. I'm not thinking about anything I ever do and I'm like, yeah, just be consistent, keep going. Because it's true, you you always have to kind of think long-term really, you know, sometimes you'll have the barrier, but you need to push through and it'll probably be worth it for whatever reason that comes up. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people always say it's important to keep studying as you go through life. What are your thoughts on this? And are there any activities that you regularly engage with to expand your knowledge in your area of expertise or just around maybe something you enjoy? Absolutely. I could not agree with uh, agree more with you. I mean, obviously, we're an education platform. So first of all, we want everyone to keep studying. But personally, I try and do that, too. Um, I would love to go and do another degree, if I'm going to be brutally honest. Couldn't fit it into my day at the moment. But obviously, when things start to ease off by hiring more staff, I would be delighted to be able to do something like that because learning never stops. The one thing I do, uh, aside from obviously aspiring to do more higher education in the future, is uh, continuing professional development. So I'm the member of two professional bodies, the Society for the Environment, where I'm a chartered environmentalist, and the Institute of um, Environmental Assessment Environmental Management and Assessment, IEMA, as well as actually the Society of Biology and, yeah, there's a lot going on. So I've got all these CPD requirements there. And every single month I have to upload all of the things I've done to keep myself up to date and relevant with my qualifications. And that allows me to achieve a certain level. And that means I can keep those letters after my name. And I think everyone in every walk of life should do this. It's so incredibly important to stay up to date because you don't just learn one thing and have it remain static life changes and you have to stay up to date with what's happening in your industry. So that's what I do. Fantastic. Um, Yeah, it sounds like you're expanding your knowledge every day. How much do you rely on social media for marketing the business? And are there any other particular platforms that work best for you over others? Yes, we use social media a lot because we've built community around what we do. So it's not just that we're sort of bleating out into the void. We are, we have communities around us and they want to be part of that. So we're very um, intentional with the materials that we put out. So Formula Botanica has various platforms. I myself also have various platforms where I have a lot of followers. And our main one at the moment is Instagram. And we use that really from a Formula Botanica perspective to inspire people. I call it edutainment, which is a very pretentious word, but you get what it means. I'm educating through entertainment. Oh, I'm not doing it. Actually, my team is doing it. And they're creating lovely videos. They're creating lots of incredible assets. So people feel like they're getting something from following us. Me personally, I put my opinions out there a lot into the world through the podcast, through the articles I write, through the other interviews that I do publicly. So we use those platforms in a very intentional way to to reach the right people with the right message. And it's taken time to learn how to do that and to figure out what fits best. But yes, Instagram is the way forward for both me and Formula Botanica. Yeah, I think I agree with that, that Instagram is always there for the long term gain because it takes some time to figure it out. There's the algorithm that keeps changing. And then you see, you know, you see the long-term benefit eventually, hopefully. Yes. Yes. You're right. The algorithm does change a lot and it's mm-hmm. a big source of frustration for me yeah, <laughs> and probably for every other business owner too, but you've got to work with the tools you've got. But mm-hmm. I have to say at the end of the day, it's all about email marketing for me because we own our list. 
And we have built that list and nurtured it and looked after it and kept it warm. And if Instagram disappeared tomorrow, it wouldn't be a problem because we would still be able to email our community. And that is far more important. Yeah, that is very true. So just to understand more about the actual students that you get um, when you have your intakes, are they typically entrepreneurs or are they just individuals looking to create their own organic products? Almost all of them are entrepreneurs. I'd say over 95%. The desire to start a beauty brand is overwhelming for so many people and literally all over the world. I mean, we're in 182 countries at the moment. You name a country, we have a student there. I mean, we're still sort of aiming at North Korea, Antarctica. We haven't quite got them yet, but you know, the rest of the world we've conquered. And those people all see an opportunity to, to change their lives to step out of a job that maybe they're not inspired by or to spend more time at home with their children or to be able to fit other things into their work or just to create something that is bigger than themselves in the world. So almost all of them want to start a brand. Not everyone does. Starting a business is hard. And I have no doubt that you've explored this extensively on the podcast here as well. But the ones who do, they do really, really change their lives. And it's exciting to watch. Um, so yes, that's our, our typical student is very much entrepreneur. Thank you. With that in mind, what does the future for Formula Botanica look like? Oh gosh. Well, hopefully I won't <laughs> be working quite so much. We have a lot of plans. We always do. Um, first of all, um, we've, we're bringing more people on board so that we can really start to, first of all, sort out our operations. I mean, this isn't very sexy or exciting to talk about, but we doubled in size in 2020 because of lockdown. I wasn't expecting that at all. I mean, no one knew what to expect with COVID, obviously. I wasn't expecting it to sort of explode as much as it did. So we've really been spending the last two years playing catch up and trying to get the operations under control as a result of that. But I want to put out more content. I want to create more courses. I want to update the ones that we have. I mean, that's, you know, it's like the the fourth bridge, you're constantly painting it, basically. It's a nonstop process. We want to build all sorts of techie things into our education platform. Um, I plan to give a TEDx talk. I've got it all ready to go. I just need some time to rehearse it and book it in somewhere. And we have so many ideas. It's just now a case of getting more hands on board and, um, and just driving forwards. That's amazing. So now the next set of questions we have are slightly more about learning about you, your mindset, and kind of what you generally like to do. So a lot of entrepreneurs, not all, but some do like to do some reading during their downtime. Is there anything particular on your reading list or is there anything else you prefer to engage with um, when you actually do get a moment to rest? Yes. Uh, yes and no. I'm not a big fan of business books, actually. I find that when I switch off in the evening, I just don't want to be sat there reading about HR systems and strategies. Um, so I'm part of my village book club and we read uh, everyone has a different book they choose for each month and and then we come together and do that. And actually, I find that's been brilliant because it just allows, allows me to switch off. Um, so, yeah, that I haven't got a specific one on my reading list at the moment, but that's uh, something I really, really enjoy. Great. Um, this one's a fun one. If you could meet one famous individual, alive or dead, who would you pick and why? You can have two, we're all allowed to. <laughs> 
I think uh, I would really like to meet Sir David Attenborough. I mean, who wouldn't, right? <laughs> <laughs> the, the man's just amazing. I think he's incredibly inspirational and I would love to just hear, just sit in his presence and listen to his stories for hours. But I think that probably goes for everyone listening. Um, he would probably be my, my top contender, to be honest, because I don't think anyone has done more for raising the profile of the natural world than he has. Yeah, and his voice is just so calming. Like, this, and he could say anything, even if it was the most awful thing, and we'd probably all be like, "Wow," because it's just so calming. I know, and you know what? A few years ago, I actually decided I was going to get his autograph for my partner's birthday because we're both environmental scientists. So, I I went online and I found um, various stock photos of David Attenborough. I had one professionally printed out, so I had a nice big picture, and then I wrote him a really nice letter, and then I sent it off to him and I said, "Would you please sign this?" and sort of go to Lorraine, to Richard, to my kids. I had it back within three days. That's amazing. The wow. man's a legend. I mean, he apparently receives this big sack of of um um signature requests every single day and he just sort of turns it around instantly i was so amazed that's i'm sure that's framed up somewhere in your house yes yeah. <laughs> amazing um so just to wrap up what is one piece of wisdom that you could share with our listeners just from your general experiences anything you've faced i think you kind of popped in a few of this you know in terms of the consistency earlier but is there anything else that comes to mind that anybody should hear yeah, just figure out what it is that you want to do in the world and write down what your big plan is. I mean, you don't just go into business and turn it into success because you want to make lots of money. You do so because you want to make change and you really want to drive something forward and you have that deep within you. So I would always recommend to any entrepreneur, figure out what that thing is for you that drives you forward. Um, for me personally, I was told a lot during my corporate career that I was too inexperienced, too young. I couldn't get that promotion, et cetera. Um, well, I've proven that wrong now, haven't I? <laughs> that still drives me a lot of the time. So find out what that thing is for you that drives you. I mean, we want to teach the world to formulate. We're very passionate about it. And that means that everyone, including me in my team, gets up every day and thinks, wow, we're changing the world with this. So every entrepreneur needs to figure out what that what that why is for them. That's beautiful. And I think it does make such a difference when you're passionate about something. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for speaking with us, Lorraine. It's been great chatting to you about all things formulation. Um, where can our audience find out more about yourself and Formula Botanica to keep up with your amazing journey? Absolutely. So we're at formulabotanica.com. We always have free training on there. There's a free course you can opt in for. Come and join us and you too will soon be formulating yourself. And uh, we're over on Instagram at Formula Botanica at the Rain Dalmeyer. You can also follow me on LinkedIn. Come and connect with me on, on pretty much all the platforms. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you, Lorraine. It's been a pleasure. Thank you Thanks so for much. Me. No, it's been lovely chatting to you. Thank you for having me. This has been the Lost and Founded podcast. If you liked this episode, make sure to head over to Instagram and let us know how you found it at Lost and Founded Pod. Wherever you listen to your podcast, be sure to follow and be notified about more inspiring stories and experiences. 